We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today is Monday, April the 18th, 2022, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet on today's show. And just like that, Spring football is officially in the books. As we break down Saturday night's Garnet and Black spring game, I give my full thoughts, takeaways, what stood out to me at a fun night at Williams-Brice Stadium as Garnet takes down Black by a final score of 20-13, to 13, guys. All that plus we'll talk TSUS Garnet and Black spring game MVP. My biggest question marks for this football team heading into the summer, both offensively and defensively, and much, much more from there as well. Also, guys, on the diamond, the Gamecocks find a way taking two out of three against the old Miss Rebels. We'll talk that series. Of course, my key takeaways. We'll hand out the ooh, ooh Series MVP award. We'll also talk slap dig of the weekend, who's hot, who's not, and talk what's next for South Carolina baseball as well. Guys, we have got a packed show for you here on this Monday. And of course, as always, it's brought to you by the Spurs Up Show Store. Guys, TSUS.store, the best Gamecocks merchandise on the internet. Be sure to stay tuned to all of our latest drops, including t-shirts, tank tops, long sleeves, pullovers, hoodies, koozies, stickers, flags, you name it. We got it. Everything you need to satisfy your Gamecocks merchandise needs. So again, guys, that's TSUS.store. TSUS.store, the best Gamecocks merchandise on the internet. Let's get it. Monday. Hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up show, as always. And I hope this show does find you well, no matter where you are, what you are doing. I hope you are having a fantastic start to your week here on this Monday. Of course, guys, a very eventful, a very big weekend in the city of dreams. 
and cannot wait to discuss it all with you and break it all down. But again, guys, I hope you enjoyed your weekend. I hope you had a fantastic weekend. Hope you had a blessed Easter Sunday as well and a belated happy Easter to you all and very excited to get going here on this week because again, guys, we have so much to discuss as we go into a new week in the month of April. But again, guys, thank you all so much for tuning in, guys. And I want to start here. Actually, let's update you really quickly just on this week, guys. Nothing too crazy except we will not have a Tin Roof show this week yet again. And the reason, our friends at Tin Roof are actually closed for a private event on Wednesday night. I believe somebody, whether it be a fraternity or some other, you know, uh, group rented them out for that Wednesday night. So there will be no... Uh, live show from Tin Roof. I don't believe there's either going to be shag lessons as well. So again, Tin Roof, we will not be there this Wednesday. Just wanted to keep you guys updated. But guys, of course, here on this Monday, we're talking the Garnet and Black Spring Game. We're talking baseball. So many great things happen in the City of Dreams over the weekend. But I want to start with this. And that is, as I've told you guys before, you know, when COVID happened, for example, The thing that I miss the most outside of just having sports in general, but the thing that I miss the most when we had limited capacity or we just weren't going to games at all was meeting and interacting with you all. It's truly the people that make the difference. You know, people ask me my favorite thing about doing TSUS, doing the Spurs Up show. Is it it football? Is it baseball? Is it the podcast? Is it the events? Is it going to games? All that stuff. And all that stuff is great, but it's the people. It's the people. It's you guys. And just thinking back to Saturday, it's almost a little bit overwhelming because the amount of great Gamecocks that I got to meet and you guys showing your love, showing your support, talking about, you know, you tune in the show every day and and you follow along with the content every day and and, and people asking for pictures and, and all kinds of things. That love and support, man, I hope you guys understand and realize how grateful I am for that and that it means the absolute world. Because, again, I I don't just say it to say it. It's not just lip service. Without you guys' love and support, there is no TSUS. Without you guys' love and support, TSUS isn't what it is and what it's becoming. You guys truly, man, it's just like, like I said, to feel the love in person. And like I said, I know many of us, you know, we talk via social media and we DM and, and we have great conversation there. But I truly do still believe in the power of a handshake and having an in-person conversation and making eye contact. And just this entire weekend, man, just really embodied that. From going to baseball Thursday night to going to the Gamecock Bourbon event, which shout out to the Gamecock Bourbon guys. They threw a fantastic event on Friday night at Bourbon on Main and can't wait to see what they do next. Be sure to go follow them on social media if you have not, at Gamecock Bourbon. Uh, But the Gamecock Bourbon Society boys, man, they did an incredible job hosting us out there, you know, going to baseball again Friday. And then, of course, man, Saturday, just the entire day with the spring game and the tailgate, meeting up with my dude, Cocky Lids, Travis, a.k.a. at Cocky Lids. Shoot him a follow as well. You guys probably saw it on social media by now, but the Spurs Up show helmet. We finally have a legitimate, real helmet for the studio. And I tell you guys this, and I don't want to over-exaggerate it because it's like it's a helmet, but – I tell you what, man, I'm sitting here looking at it right now in my studio. People ask me all the time, you know, did did you see the business getting to this point? Or did you see this happening or this happening? And I'm always someone that says, you know, I I won't put any sort of limiting belief on anything that I do, right? I'm not going to say, well, that's impossible, right? Um, But looking at that helmet, like like that's just something you don't dream. You know what I mean? You, You just don't dream of something like that. You don't dream that one day, you're going to start a business around your favorite team and that that logo is going to be on your favorite team's helmet. You know what I mean? Like I, I, it's just 
something so cool, man. And I appreciate my dude cocky lids. And again, showing that love, man, I, I just can't tell him how grateful I am for him. I can't, again, I can't tell you guys how grateful I am for each and every single one of you meeting all of you. I mean, there's just so, so many, man, ran, ran into so many great Gamecocks and saw so many people rocking the merchandise as well. So again, I just wanted to, before we even get going, say thank you. Because again, of all the takeaways we have on field and what the football team did, and obviously that's the important thing from Yours truly's perspective, from my personal perspective, the business perspective, I, I mean, Saturday just really felt like a, a, a celebration of all the hard work we've done all spring covering the football team, all the hard work we do making content. And, and again, to feel that love from you guys and you guys showing love and support, going out of your way, you're at the game doing whatever, you're with family, friends, what it might be, to go out of your way to want to ask for a picture or just, just talk Gamecocks or say what's up or say, hey, man, appreciate what you do. Like, that means more than I could ever put into words. So, again, guys, I just wanted to lead with that um, because that was really, truly my biggest takeaway from the weekend was Saturday. It was just – it was incredible, man. It was incredible meeting each and every single one of you. And and I know some of you in DM me, Chris, I saw you were busy. I didn't want to say anything. Hey, if you ever see me out about, man, holler. For real, man. I, I love meeting all the great Gamecocks. And like I said, it's the people, man. It's the people that make the difference. You guys. Everyone that hears the sound of my voice that tunes in, whether it be the podcast, the Daily Crow, everyone who follows on social media and rocks their content, rocks their merch, rocks with everything we do. I mean, without you guys, I, I it just it wouldn't be possible. You know what I mean? So, again, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And I hope everybody I met at the spring game, I hope you had a fantastic night. I hope you had a great, safe weekend. And uh, hope to see you back, whether it be at Willie B, whether it be at Founders Park, Colonial Life Arena, or just out and about around town. Definitely hope to run into you guys again soon. Again, thank you so much, man, with the love and support, because it was felt greatly uh, over the weekend. All right. Hey, with that being said, let's dive into it again. Garnet taking down black by a final score of 20 to 13 in the Gamecocks wrapping up spring practice effectively. And now we go into the quote unquote off season, which I told you guys last year, we're, we're banning the word. I'm kind of stealing it from Josh paid, obviously Josh, a good buddy of mine, friend of the show, but there is no off season, right? We're, we, we talk about this thing 24, seven, 365, which we absolutely love because we are passionate, crazy, loyal fans um, but spring ball is officially in the books. And again, guys, you know, really my first takeaway is just, just a fun day and night at Wingers Bryce Stadium. And again, you, you can feel, you know, when you go to games and it's just a spring game, right? But this was something I'd felt for a while, but it confirmed it even more so when I was there in person Saturday. You can just feel the overall temperature of the fan base and the overall health of the fan base you know what i mean like everybody's in a very cheerful mood happy mood optimistic excited you know th there was a sense of dread at one point around south kind of football you know when you're losing games and you feel like you're losing hope and some apathy starts to set and you guys know what i'm talking about with the previous regime i'm feeling none of that right now again guys like i said i interact and talked with a ton of you on saturday i talked with a ton of different people in general on saturday and the vibe I pick up is, man, everybody's fired up. Everybody's ready to go. The, 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 and, I, and I know I'm the guy, I inject perspective. And I'll do that yet again this offseason, guys, or excuse me, this preseason. I will continue to inject perspective and give you guys my realistic thoughts and takes. And listen, I don't think we're there yet. I still think we got a ways to go. But it's fun to interact with people. And Gamecock fans' faces light up when they're talking South Carolina football. I mean, it's fun to see people with true optimism and excitement and real hope you know people with big dreams you know what i mean it's, it's just awesome to have that so again just overall man the tailgate was awesome it was a fun day and night at wiggins bryce stadium again i thought it was a success overall when it comes to what you want to achieve out of a spring game um and you know what's so funny for me for me making all the jokes going in the spring game last week about you know don't overreact and i'm sure fans are going to do so and they're going to draw these these crazy conclusions 
I think for the most part, I haven't seen a lot of that. I, I think fans are just, we're just happy with how everything went and, uh, you know, keeping it moving. And we count down the days to kickoff. Now, specifically on the field, guys, of course, we got to start at the quarterback position. Uh, something that jumped out to me, obviously, again, you know, I tweeted this out, by the way. I want to clear up something. I tweeted this out on Saturday. That hot take, the spring game was boring. Let me make something clear. I, I was not saying that in a negative way. I, I was not saying that any sort of negative way. I would rather the spring game be boring than there be storylines that don't need to exist, right? I have no issues, no problems with a spring game being boring. And I will say this, guys, and it's something that I knew was going to be the case. I felt like going into the game that, you know what, the hype around the game itself, the hype around the game is probably going to be even greater than the game itself will be. Because at the end of the day, it is a spring game, right? It's a glorified scrimmage, which is totally fine, whatever. But with that being said, one of the things that went into my tweet and why I said it, and I know, oh, you don't want to show everything. And like, I just really was hoping to see Spencer Rattler cut it loose a time or two. I, I really want, we all know he's got a cannon. We all know he's got a big arm. I really wanted to see that. With that being said, though, either way, I'm not upset, whatever. I, I thought the spring game was a fun time, enjoyable, great night fans. Again, it was a hot take. It's, it's you know, people thought I was saying it in some negative way. Like, I'm not attacking anyone saying that, but, you know, it was just like, hey, I'd, I'd love to see some bomb plays. I'd love to see some big plays, whatever. And, you know, it is what it is. It's fine. It's fine. No big deal. Specifically, though, with Spencer Rattler, I will say this. While he did not go down the field like the way I'd like to see him, there were a couple of throws in that game where you can just see the arm talent. I, I mean, you can see it, man. It's, it's just different when it comes out of his hand. The ball absolutely zips. You know, he had that one throw to Xavier Leggett um, down the field, probably about a 15 or 20-yard throw. But, again, just the way it's delivered, man, the way it comes out when he throws the ball, it looks so effortless. It looks so easy. He also had that one where he had a defensive lineman in his face. He hits Antoine Wells Jr. on the sideline, tiptoeing there. So, the accuracy on that ball. And, again, making that play look so easy, guys. Again, we all knew, I think, what to expect and what we were signing up for when we got Spencer Rattler. But you can see it for sure when he lets it go. While it was a lot of dinking and dunking and it wasn't a lot of downfield passing, I think you can definitely see the arm talent. There's a reason why this guy is so highly regarded. There's a reason why he was a five-star player. And again, you can see that five-star arm. At least I could see it on Saturday night when he was throwing the ball around. And I can't wait at least as we get into the season when I feel like they really open the playbook up. He has all of his offensive weapons on one side. He has guys like Jaheim Bell and Dak Joyner, all those other guys out there. Cannot wait to see him cut it loose because, again, we all know he's got a very big arm, and it's obvious that uh, – you know, it, it's an elite level talent for sure. Speaking of the quarterback position, some other things that stood out, guys, I will tell you this. I think Luke Doty has made big strides. And let me say this too. There's no, there's no controversy. There's no debate around the quarterback position, right? It's Spencer Rattler. He is QB1. But beyond that, again, I thought Luke Doty looked very improved. I thought that he looked much, much better as a passer. Uh, I thought he made good decisions. He even had to throw down the field. I believe it was to... I think it was to Josh Van. He had a deep ball, and I know he was double covered, but the ball was actually placed very well. So, again, um, I, you know, I don't think Luke Doty's going to play a lot of quarterback for us this year because, again, you do have Spencer Rattler. And hopefully he doesn't play a lot of quarterback unless we're up by 30 or 40 points. But I think Luke Doty has certainly made strides for you. Um, I think Colton Gothier is still kind of TBD. I don't really know what to think of him. I'm honestly, guys, I'll just go ahead and throw this out there. I'm surprised he has not transferred just because I feel like he's kind of buried on the depth chart a little bit. Um, Braden Davis, the freshman, I think he's got huge upside. Again, man, he's a true freshman. Uh, he's drinking water out of a fire hose right now. There's a lot to learn. There's a lot to digest. There's still a lot of adjustment to the speed of the game at this level. 
But I think Braden Davis has really, really big upside for you. Again, uh, he's mobile. You know, he can move in the pocket. He can get outside of the pocket. By the way, that's something I thought I saw with Spencer Rattler. Um, you know, I think he showed a little bit of wiggle. I think he showed that, you know, he's not going to be a Luke Doty. He's not going to be a Decarion joiner. But R- Spencer Rattler is mobile and agile enough to make plays with his legs and, most importantly, get outside of the pocket while keeping his eyes downfield, extending plays, which – with how the offensive line was last year, you probably are thinking that's probably going to have to happen again this year where a guy can get outside the pocket and make plays. But overall, I thought it was a successful night for the quarterbacks. I mean, especially when you look um, at the statistics. I mean, you look, Spencer Rattler went 8 of 10 for 79 yards. Uh, Jake Helfrich, shout out to him, went 3 for 3 for 55 yards. Colton Gothier went 8 of 15. Uh, and then Luke Doty, or 8 of 15 for 36 yards. And then Luke Doty went 7 of 10 for 85 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, overall, I think it was a very successful night. Um, I think it was a successful night overall for sure. Let's see. And then Braden Davis went three of three for 34 yards as well with a touchdown, by the way. So, I thought it was a successful night for the quarterbacks. It's no secret that QB won a Spencer Rattler, but I think you do see the potential behind him. And I'm excited to add Tanner Bailey. Just that that room continue to develop because, again, you are going to need to develop those quarterbacks behind Rattler because it's expected he's going to be a one-year guy. Um, Sticking on the offensive side, guys, something else that stood out, of course, Our running back room is loaded. I mean, there's just no question. Our running back room is absolutely stacked. You know, I was like, who do I start with talking about? Because I thought all the guys looked really good. Marshawn Lloyd, eight for 42. Juju McDowell just looked like the Juju McDowell we saw last year. Guys, he averaged 9.5 yards per touch. I still really like Christian Beal Smith. I like his game a lot, guys. Uh, catching the ball to the backfield. He's a tough runner. I think he's going to play a lot for you. Lavoisier Carroll, he looked good in limited action. Uh, Rashad Amos, hey, how about the, the kid uh, from East Tennessee State? Twitty, 5 for 41, uh, 6.8 yards per carry. So I will tell you this. Do I know right now today who RB1 is? No. I cannot say for certain who our starting running back is. I, I cannot say that. But what I can say is we're loaded. I mean, we are loaded at running back, and we're going to have options. We're going to have options. Again, I think Juju is going to be a huge part of the offense. He's a little water bug back there. Uh, is going to make big plays for you. I thought Marshawn Lloyd gained back some of that explosiveness. We saw that one play, the spin move that he had. I think that's very promising and very exciting for us all to see him just maybe just maybe getting a little bit closer back to that form that was advertised when he was recruited. He was a five-star running back. Um, and again, you got so many guys in that room that can help you. And I think the, the competition is only going to help them, but that running back room is stacked running the football, or at least finding ball carriers this fall. Absolutely. Should not be a problem for us. I mean, you could argue it's, it's arguably the best and deepest position group on our football team. I mean, really, truly right now. So again, I'm very excited about the future of the running back room. Um, that position, the returners, the newcomers. I think we got a lot to look forward to this fall. Guys, sticking again with the offense, um, one of the big things that stood out to me, you didn't have Jaheim Bell. You didn't have Dak Joyner. You split up the team, so it was kind of hard to tell. Quarterbacks were changing in and out, but I'll tell you this. Antoine Wells Jr., he is going to be a huge part of our offense this year. Um, they made every effort it felt like to get him the football on Saturday night, whether it was a run play, obviously a pass play, Guys, I think you're going to see him targeted early and often. I think it really is going to be, you know, I was going to say the one-two punch with Josh Van and Antoine Wells Jr., but what about Jaheim Bell? He's going to want those catches. What about Stogner? So, and again, that's another good problem to have. And I, I think Wells, you saw him, man, his athleticism jumped out to me. The speed is there. Um, 
I think he's going to be a big-time impact player for us. I mean, I really think Antoine Wells Jr. I'm not saying he's going to have 15 touchdowns like he had at the FCS level, but I'm telling you, this dude is is primed to be a breakout player for us. And again, I mean, you got to think of the guy we picked up, man. We virtually picked up the best wide receiver in FCS. Like that, that's the that's the type of talent that we added to our football team. And just watching on Saturday night, I think they're going to make every single effort to make sure he's a guy that hey, he needs a touch of eight to ten times a game, whether that's in the run game, the pass game, whatever it is. I think Antoine Wells Jr. will be a huge, huge part of what we do offensively and I do expect him to be one of Spencer Rattler's favorite targets guys on the defensive side now it's it's tough to tell in a spring game right about defense um because the defense is so limited the defense is so limited and there's just so few things they can really do with that being said I thought Boogie Huntley on the defensive line was a guy that really jumped out to me and I'm excited for Boogie man I, I don't think we've seen by far the best football that he's played. And I think he's going to be an impact player for us in the inside. You know, with Jabari Ellis gone, somebody's going to have to step up. I think Boogie Huntley's going to be that dude. I thought he made some plays Saturday night, looked really good. I thought the athleticism, uh, it looks like to me he's gotten more athletic up front. So, again, I do think Boogie Huntley is poised that breakout year. Sticking defensively, guys, uh, Debo Williams, I thought he was flying around. I thought he really looks improved for you at the linebacker position. Of course, Sherrod Green returns as well. Um, but Debo Williams, any more out of him? I mean, again, he was just a special teams player last year, didn't do a lot, but, uh, you know, he definitely looks like he stepped up in his game and really all in all guys is this, I think the defense should be completely fine with, uh, with Clayton white. You know what I mean? I, I fully trust coach white. I mean, he, he, what he did last year, the defense with, you know, doing, doing more with less, I guess you could say, I think the defense should be a strength for us yet again. Is it going to make some, you know, major jump in regards to improvements or are we going to stay kind of where we were? You know, I'm not 100%. You know, is the run game going to going to make the jump it needs, the run defense, I should say. But I think our defense, bottom line, or Clayton White is going to be solid. I, I think there's no issues there. Like I said, it's, it's really tough to tell that in a spring game because they're so limited. You know, they want the offensive guys to have success. And, again, they've all been scrimmaging at each other. I mean, our defense knows what our offense does. They know the plays. They know, you know, they know the calls. They know everything. So, but I think uh, defensively, I think we're going to be fine. I think we're going to be just fine. And I, I really liked what I saw from some guys. Cam Smith had a really, really good game. Some guys in the secondary as well. But uh, I think Clayton White, for sure, I, I think he is he is worth every penny we are giving him. Uh, worth every penny. So, uh, guys, the big takeaway moving to special teams is that while I think the competition is going to continue to go into the fall, um, I think we will be able to find a solid replacement, at least in regards to – just ability to what Parker White gave you. I thought Mitch Jeter, Alex Herrera, um, I thought those guys looked really good. They each made four, uh, you know, field goals of 47 yards, 40 yards, 33 yards, stuff like that. Now, the big difference when it comes to kickers is the pressure. Can you handle the pressure? You know, we need a game-winning field goal. That's something Parker White was so good at. It felt like the bigger the situation, the better he was. When we need you in that type of situation, can you handle it? Um, but we certainly have dudes that have the talent. So, again, I think whether it's Jeter, Herrera, whether it's the uh, – Whoever the other guy is, the Arizona State guy, I forget his name right now. It's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't think of it either way. You know, I, I think we're going to be fine when it comes to kicker, but we'll find out more so in the fall when, hey, it's week two in Fayetteville against Arkansas. And, you know, we're we're down a field goal with a minute left. And it's like, we need a 45-yarder. Can you hit it? So I think that's where you really find out what you have when it comes into or when it comes to your kicker, if you will. Uh, final thing, guys, is this. And obviously, you notice I have not talked about this yet. And I'm not going to make a big deal of it necessarily because folks have been going crazy since Saturday night on Twitter, which is fine. I get it. You know, it's, it's, it really goes to show when 
we are willing to go above and beyond, I, I, you know, having banter, if you will, about a, a topic like this. It just proves even more. This is why Gamecock Nation is the best, man. The, the passion, the energy, the undying loyalty. And, of course, what I'm referencing is the attendance of the spring game. First off, I thought it was a great atmosphere. I thought it was a great environment. I thought Gamecock Nation showed up, showed out. I don't have a clicker to tell you how many folks exactly were in the building. But Sports Talk, shout out Phil Cornblue and the boys at Sports Talk, reported, and apparently USC released this number. So I, I don't actually even want to put this all on Sports Talk because every other media head ran with this number because it's the number USC released. So actually, we should be talking to the University of South Carolina. They released the attendance number for the spring game, right? This was a big deal. We were trying to break the record for attendance, and obviously we wanted to have a, a, a more attended spring game than the folks in the upstate. The announced attendance, 20,671. 20,671. Now, before I even saw the tweet of what Sports Talk put out there, before I even saw that number, my estimate, my guess was around 30,000. Right, Because I was at the spring game, guys, believe it or not, in 2005. I was at Steve Spurrier's first spring game. And the entire lower bowl, I mean, the entire lower bowl was packed to the brim. And that was 38,600 or something like that, which was the old record. Or what is, I guess, still is the record right now. I don't think we hit that number because when you looked at the lower bowl, I mean, the student section was kind of shoddy. I mean, it was, it was full for the most part. But did I think we had 38,000? No, no, I didn't think we hit that number. I thought we were right around that 30,000 number. Um, so I definitely think there were more than 20,000 people in it. But the reaction since this number has come out has been, I mean, again, I love it, honestly, because it just shows the passion and the loyalty and the undying support of Gamecock Nation, right? We, we just, we take everything personally. So when you got people like, Sports talk and and Mark Ryan. I see I see my guy Jeff O'Hare of Cox by 90 and Hale McGranahan getting into it. My guy Mike Gillespie of ABC Columbia getting into it. And I'm like, man, you know, I'm someone the beauties and the banter. I love to banter. You guys know that. I love to banter. But man, I don't really know that I have the energy to to sit and argue about attendance numbers. And because on one hand, I get it. Like, listen, guys, those media guys. They have to report the number that USC gives them. They don't really have a choice. Me, I can sit here and tell you that that's bullshit. I don't have to report that. That reported number, whatever. But, I, you know, while I'm not going to convince you we had 40,000 there, but we had more than 20,671. There's just no question in my mind. I, I, I don't know. And, and here's the thing. There's no tickets. I don't even know how you get the number to begin with. I, I don't know how you – and if you're USC, here's what kills me, though. Here's what kills me. It's a spring game attendance number. What does it matter what number you announce? Why does it matter what you say? Clemson had 30, what, 36,000, 35,000 at their spring game? I believe it was 35,000. If you're USC, why not just be funny and say our attendance was 35,001? Like, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, who cares? Have a little bit of gamesmanship. Don't announce 20,000. 671 because the number is not accurate number one and number two it, it's just 
Anyways, I, <laughs> I don't want to go off the deep end talking about that again. I, I know we'll discuss it all week long because I know you guys will be fired up with it. But, uh, no, we had more than 20,671 people there. Bottom line, end of story. All right, on to more important things. Let's, uh, let's dive into the TSUS Garnet and Black Spring Game MVP. And I tell you guys, while I'm not expecting this player to be some major, major contributor in the fall, and I say that respectfully, but just realistically – I don't think he's going to be like our leading receiver or have, you know, lead us in touchdowns. But I will say this, the story, you know, you love to see stories of guys battling through adversity and resiliency and showing their toughness and showing their character. And, you know, there are a few guys that exemplify that, embody that more than a guy like Chad Terrell, who's had ACL surgeries on both of his legs, guys, both his knees gone. And he's found a way to overcome it, rehab, and he shines in the game on Saturday, four catches, 49 yards, and a touchdown. And just to see him making a play after going through all those injuries, going through all that adversity, going through all that stuff he went through, being able to, again, have an impact in a game. And like I said, is he going to be a major contributor in the fall? I, I don't think so, but that doesn't matter. Either way, congratulations, Chad Terrell, a fantastic game in the Garnet and Black spring game, having that big touchdown catch. Well, he really opened the scoring for the game, it felt like. So, again, Chad Terrell got also, also, by the way, a selfless player, was at wide receiver, got moved to tight end because of Jaheim Bell's injury and Austin Stogner not being on campus. And, you know, we felt like, you know what, we need depth. And Chad Terrell takes it with grace, moves to tight end, and has become a positive in that room, uh, all things considered. So, again, four catches, 49 yards, and a touchdown. Your 2022 TSUS Garnet and Black spring game MVP, Chad Terrell. Guys, before we put a pin in the Garnet and Black spring game breakdown, let's talk my biggest question marks for this football team heading into the summer. Because now, of course, guys, now that spring practice is over, we all turn our attention towards and we look ahead to the actual season. This fall, September 3rd, is when it'll get kicked off. Gamecocks will take on Georgia State at Williams-Brice Stadium. Again, guys, of course, over the next couple of months, I'll be giving my full breakdowns, previews, predictions, all that good stuff in regards to our preseason content. But my biggest question marks for this football team heading into the summer after what I saw on Saturday. And let's start on the offensive side. And, guys, I think this one is, is, is easy because I feel like we upgraded at quarterback. We upgraded with the additions at receiver. We upgraded at running back with the additions. And we upgraded at tight end because you bring back Jaheim Bell and you add Austin Stogner. But the number one question going into spring ball, the number one question sitting here on this Monday, the number one question throughout this summer, and the number one question when Toe finally does meet leather is the offensive line. Just what are you going to get out of that offensive line? Because, again, it's, it's, it's so hard to tell in a spring game because it's our offensive line against our defensive line. So, I mean, you want them to both have success, but, you know, so you can't really – no questions were answered. Let's just put it that way. Like, like you, we didn't learn anything new about the offensive line on Saturday, but that is my biggest question mark for the offense heading in the summer. It's just, hey, you return your top eight offensive linemen, you feel like – this should be a good offensive line. You feel like this offensive line can play much better than it did a season ago, but we also said that all year last year, and it just never happened. I mean, it flat out just never happened. The offensive line never got it together. It was a sore spot the entire year. So, again, as we go into summer, 
on that offensive side, I look at the O-line and say, is, is this group going to take – is this group going to make the improvement necessary and the improvement that we need and we have to have to reach our goals this fall? Because that's what it's really going to come down to in my mind. So, again, biggest question mark heading into the summer for the offense, the offensive line for the defense. I've talked a lot about the defense in the line of scrimmage and being run stoppers and stopping the run or lack of doing so. That's really what hurt you last year. On the defensive side for me, man, it's, it's, it's the linebacker position. That, that, that's where my questions lie. I, I think in the secondary, I think Cam Smith is going to lead a really, really good group back there. I think your defensive line, I, I do like the pieces you have. I'm not saying you're an elite defensive line yet. I think that's something, you know, go, you know, guys, when we talk building the program and recruiting and what Salcon has got to do, what Shane Beamer's doing, a lot of it comes down to, and I will say this, by the way, too, for one of my takeaways, is like the depth. I thought the depth overall just looked so much better than what we saw last year. I mean, you can tell we've added a lot of high-quality football players. But recruiting in the trenches, that's got to get into an elite level before I think we're competing with the Georgias and the Texas A&Ms and, and the Alabamas and some of the other schools. Um, but the linebacker position, man, I, 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 you know, they have just as much to say – uh, in stopping the run as the defensive line does. And again, you just did not do a good enough job last season. And you feel like you got some capable players. You know, you're going to add Stone Blanton in the fall. Sherrod Green is back. Debo Williams, Mo Caba. You know, you feel like you've got some guys that are capable, but who's going to step up? Who's going to be the leader of that defense in that group? Also, I will say, this is sort of a bit of a side note because we're just talking about it in regards to question marks setting in the summer. I think for me defensively, I think for me defensively, going into the season now, one of my biggest question marks will just be, are we able to generate turnovers at the rate in which we did last season? And if we can't, if we don't, for whatever reason, if we don't, are we still going to be an above-average defensive unit, right? Because we saw it in the previous coaching tenure, the previous era in 2017, where that was a team that was extremely opportunistic. They found ways to get the ball off of people, right? But in turn, I think generating all those turnovers sort of masked some deficiencies that they definitely had. And you went to 2018 guys and guess what? You weren't getting all those turnovers. You weren't getting those interceptions. You weren't getting those fumbles. So I'm not saying that's going to be the case this year. That's not what I'm saying at all, but you can't just always bank on, Oh, we're going to get two or three interceptions this game and, and what have you. So, and I wonder, you know, you lose Jalen Foster, who was the leader in the SEC in interceptions. Like, where do the turnovers come from? Who's going to be the guy that steps up? Is it a Cam Smith? Is it a Devonnie Reed? Is it somebody else? Who's going to be the guy that steps up that he's the one that's the big play guy on defense? He's the one getting the ball off people because, you know, you need to generate turnovers as much as you can. But again, when you don't, are you still able to get stops and be a good defense? But again, my biggest question marks, guys, heading in the summer for South Carolina football, offensively, the offensive line, defensively, the linebacker position, both big questions for me. And, of course, those will be things we break down as we get closer into the season. Guys, that's going to do it for me in regards to the spring game, my full takeaways. I would love to hear, though, your thoughts. And, of course, guys, we're just getting started when it comes to breaking down the spring game and talking football. We'll be talking this all week long because I know you guys have a lot of thoughts. You guys have a lot of opinions, and I want to hear each and every single one of them guys with that being said let's slide over from the gridiron 
to the diamond as South Carolina baseball finds a way to take two out of three against the Ole Miss Rebels, losing the first game by a final score of nine to one on Thursday night, but then bouncing back, winning on Friday four to two and Saturday on a walk off nine to eight. And guys, I told you weeks ago, right, that this team is painfully inconsistent and that, hey, this team's going to win another series. This team's going to have moments of brilliance. This team is at times going to flash. And at other times, this team is going to make us scratch our heads and just think, what in the world's going on? Like, who is this bunch? This doesn't make any sense. And this past weekend was one of those weekends where, you know, we showed we got some quality ball players. It's not just a bunch of terrible baseball players out there, guys. We got some quality ball players. We flashed, right? We caught Ole Miss at a really good time also, I think. Them coming off a really tough series loss, and they're sort of reeling right now as a baseball program, baseball team, at least in this season, I should say. What does it mean long-term as you sit now six and nine in SEC play? And your overall record, I mean, you just refuse to sit under 500, right? <laughs> you just, we refuse to sit under 500. 18 and 17 now and six and nine in the conference. The Gamecocks, by the way, guys, are now 15 and nine at home. They are one and seven on the road. One and seven on the road. But either way, six and nine in conference. And I'm trying so hard, honestly, guys, not to get reeled back in. In the sense of, in the sense of, this team is what it is. I, I really do feel that way. But you start to think now, you're like, man, like, okay, we're six and nine in conference. It's not what we really want to be, but you got some winnable series upcoming. And you can still get to, you can still get to that 15 and 15 mark. You can go nine and six in your last 15 in SEC play. I mean, we are literally sitting right here right now at the halfway point of SEC play. So can you go nine and six in your last five series? Can you go nine and six? Um, I, I will say this, guys. I still don't agree with the strategy of starting, you know, not Will Sanders or even Noah Hall in game one. And I know, you know, I, I know people will chime in. Well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, we won the series. I understand that. Listen, I get that. But let me ask you a question. Why wouldn't you just go all out to win game one and then win game two? Wouldn't you rather be up 1-0 on Saturday or in game two? Or wouldn't you – I mean, do you want to have to put your backs against the wall every weekend? I mean, I just – I don't want that. I don't want that. And I know Kingston's going to do whatever he's going to do because of the way they're pitching Matthew Becker. And, again, I know it's all strategy-driven. But, but, I, but I just I, – I don't know. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of it. I just want to win. So, if it works, it works. But either way, it worked for you this weekend. Um, I thought we honestly blew it. I mean, obviously, guys, again, I was at, at Williams-Brice Stadium. I did not get to catch all of the end of the game on Saturday, which is unfortunate. I hate they moved the game because we definitely could have played at 1 o'clock. But, um, you know, I thought we blew it there at the end, honestly. The bullpen, I thought the bullpen cost us yet again. But thank goodness we're bailed out with Jalen Vasquez walk-off. Um, I mean, again, a huge series. I mean, just one you just had to have. I mean, I think that goes without saying. You're at the point now where you need to win basically every single series you have out, or at least the majority of them, you need to win them. Um, but it's just crazy, man. I mean, this team, this team can lose to the Citadel. They can lose to Presbyterian. They can lose to Xavier. But I tell you what, we play somebody that's ranked, and we, we just – we cut it on. We cut it on. And I, and I will say this to Kingston's credit, because he said this after the Saturday game. The one thing, the one thing I'll say that really – intrigues me and excites me about this ball club is 
a lot of it is a bunch of young guys that are just getting better. You know, Matthew Becker's getting better. Kate Austin's getting better. Hey, Lee Croy's getting better. Evan Stone's getting better. Carson Hornung's getting much better. He had the big home run in the game on Saturday. So we do have a lot of young talent. We do. We do have a lot of young talent. And I, guys, I, I don't want to buy into it. I don't want to get my heart broke. But with that being said, I guess I'm a Gamecock, so that's just what we do. I mean, man, I, you know, maybe, just maybe, this team will be able to piece some things together and go weekend to weekend and piece it together and use Matthew Becker multiple times and, and, and continue to get outrageous outings from Noah Hall. I, I mean, maybe. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it's possible. Who knows? I mean, this team is shocking us every week, it feels like. And again, I mean, a huge series victory, one you had to have. This team plays differently when it plays a ranked team, and it plays differently at home. And I guess that's what kind of scares me this upcoming week. We'll get into it in just a second. But um, just a huge series victory, man, and one you had to have. And, I mean, you never know. Maybe it can serve as a spark. Maybe it can. Because you felt like, again, after that game one, your season, well, felt like it was kind of dead. Now, hey, who knows? Who knows? Maybe you're back. Guys, let's move into the ooh, ooh series MVP award. I'm giving this one to just Josiah Seitler, man. The way that he's been swinging it, 5 of 12 on the weekend, 4 RBI, playing through an ankle injury also on Saturday, toughing it out. Um, again, he's become a huge piece of our lineup. And, again, I give this guy full credit because he's battled through it. I mean, absolutely battled through it. So, again, the winner of the Ooh Ooh Series MVP award, Josiah Seitler. Slap dick of the weekend. This one's going to be fun. The slap dick of the weekend, believe it or not, guys, does not even have to do with – baseball it's got to do with everything that took place this weekend guys the slap dicks of the weekend and i'm so happy to anoint them this the slap dicks of the weekend are all of the clemson crayon eating goat fucking fans that for some reason thought it was a good idea to not just go to south Carolina sporting events all weekend not just that to go to south Carolina sporting events just fully decked out in Clemson stuff. Guys, I'm going to tell you this right now. I mean, it wouldn't probably happen. It wouldn't probably happen because I'm busy being a Gamecock fan and covering the Gamecocks for a living. But let's just put it this way. If for some reason, I, I don't know on what in what universe this situation would arise. For some reason, I was up in Clemson. Let's say Clemson's like in the Super Regionals or something. Carolina's out. And I got a buddy for somebody. He just wants to go watch baseball. He's got free tickets. I'm going to go to the game, but I'm not going to be a jackass and rock all Gamecock stuff. And, and maybe, maybe some of you just totally disagree with me there. You're like, you should do that. You know what? I'm going to lay low. I'm going to mind my own business. I'm, I'm going to just watch baseball, have a good time. So it's like to go out knowingly making an ass of yourself. Like you might as well just have slap dick tattooed on your forehead. Truly. I think it's laughable. It, it, it's laughable. It's comical. But again, easy choice. Slap dicks of the weekend. Uh, all you Clemson fans that for some reason just, just thought it was a great weekend to, 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 to show your face in Columbia. I don't know. All right, let's dive into who's hot, who's not. Guys, who's hot? Jalen Vasquez. Got to give it to the kid, man. The walk-off sack fly. Again, he hasn't played a lot, but you know what? When his number's been called, he's balled out. Jalen Vasquez doing the damn thing. Um, love to see it for that young man helping the Gamecocks win that game, winning the game for the Gamecocks on Saturday. Who's not? Got to go with Colin Burgess. He's been struggling a little bit, swinging it three for 11 over the weekend. Um, not like striking out a ton or anything, but just not a lot of hard contact. So, again, Colin Burgess is the who's not 
three for 11 on the weekend. And guys, talking what's next, as I referenced a little bit earlier, uh, the Gamecocks return to action Wednesday at 6 o'clock against Winthrop at their place. And then this weekend, South Carolina plays Friday, Saturday, Sunday against the Auburn Tigers on the Plains at Auburn. So, again, that should be a very interesting series. And, again, guys, it's going to be interesting because, as I mentioned earlier, South Carolina is terrible on the road this year. They are 1-7. and seven. So, if Carolina is going to keep up momentum, if Carolina is going to continue to make strides and improve, they're going to have to solve their road woes. And, again, we'll dive into that much, much more, uh, you know, later in the week as we talk the Winthrop game, we break down the Auburn series and all that good stuff. But, uh, yeah, hey, feels good to be good once again. And you sit 6-9 and nine in conference, 18-17 overall, and this, this team is just fighting to keep its head above water. Uh, you know, maybe this will be another successful week for South Carolina baseball. Guys, that's going to do it all for me. Appreciate you all tuning in. That's going to wrap up the Monday show. But again, I want to hear from you. And of course, we'll talk all week long, but your full thoughts on the Garnet and Black spring game and also the Gamecocks taking two out of three from the Ole Miss Rebels over the week. And again, guys, I want to say thank you all so much, man, for your love and support. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, truly, I felt the love all weekend long and, and getting to meet you guys at Founders Park, at Willie B, at the tailgate. It, it was just incredible, man. And again, it's 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 truly my favorite thing about what I do. The people, the relationships we've created, I, it's it's a blessing. I mean, it's a pure blessing, and I just can't say enough things, guys. Again, thank you all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Monday, and we will talk to you on Wednesday. who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call click or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done